Welcome to the Sport Feels Life podcast, where we're bringing you interviews with coaches and athletes at the top of their game. This is a community to support coaches, athletes, and fans who share a passion for making the world a better place through athletics. We are serving our community and providing a variety of resources to grow and win as a team in the sports we play and the life we live. We are your hosts. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And we're so excited to bring you all things Sport Feels Life. Hey, Ashley, how's it going? I'm actually really stressed out right now about my fall volleyball team. Oh, no. What's going on? Sports funding at our school is cut by 75% because of the pandemic. And now our players aren't going to have the equipment and uniform updates that we were hoping for. That does sound stressful, but have you heard about Team Connections' Team Store fundraising platform? I think it could really help you out this season. No, I actually haven't. Tell me more. Well, not only can you use this fundraiser to boost team spirit during these crazy times, but you can also customize merchandise on top brands with your team's logo to earn cash back for your program without even having to send your players out door to door to collect money or worrying about delivering orders. The Team Connection Team Store is a COVID-safe fundraising platform that can make a big difference for your team this year. Oh, wow. That sounds like exactly what I need. How do I get a team store set up? Setting up your own team store is easy and free. Simply go to teamconnection.com and select the team stores tab to learn more. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm going right now. Tim Siegel is a renowned professional tennis player and coach who has dedicated his life to helping families of children who suffer traumatic brain injuries with his foundation, Team Luke Cope for Minds. He joins us in today's episode to share his very personal connection to this cause. Five years ago, Tim's nine-year-old son was in a golf cart accident that changed everything. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the show. We are so grateful you're here. Let's go ahead and jump right in, and you can tell us a little bit of backstory on who you are for our listeners who might not be familiar with your story. Okay. Well, I I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, and and I've been a tennis player since I was six, seven years old, played junior tournaments all over the country, and went to the University of Arkansas to play tennis there from 1982 to 86. Then after college, I went on the pro tour and played for three years, was around top 100 world in doubles, played all the grand slams, played against Lendl, McEnroe, Noah, Edberg, a lot of great players. And that was a great experience, enjoyed all of that. But I always knew I wanted to coach and started at S. SMU and coached there for two years as the women's tennis coach and the men's assistant coach under Dennis Ralston. And then in January of 1993, I took over as the men's tennis coach at Texas Tech, where I was the coach for 23 years. You know, what I love is I love coaching. I love teaching, developing, working with players, teaching them not just forehands and backhands and volleys and all that, but more about life and, and talking about family. And, you know, I'm proud of the success, but I'm more, more proud of the type of guys that I had and how hard they work and the incredible support that we had within the department as well as in the community. So for those uh, reasons, I, you know, I had a great, great career and, and great time at Texas Tech. I had thought about leaving tech a couple of years before actually I did. And I think I kept going back to making an impact. You know, I, I, I had gone to my athletic director and I said, listen, I, I want to make a bigger impact than just on 10 players. 
and most of whom were international. And I thought, you know, I need to do something different. It wasn't enough for me. And so I decided to coach middle school and high school, which is not the usual transition from yeah. college to middle school and high school. But I, I felt like it was, it was time for me to be around my children much more. You know, when you coach college, you're on the road recruiting, you're, you're traveling a lot. And, and at the time, I had a 9, 10, and 12-year-old. And so I just really wanted to be around them. And so I had talked to the superintendent of where my kids go to school that season and, and made the decision on J July 8th of 2015 to coach middle school and high school. And I was going to try to make a difference, yes, in their games, but more teach them about life. And at that age, I think even more influential. And so July 8th, 2015, made the decision to resign. And then just 20 days later, I received a phone call at 2 p.m. that afternoon that my son Luke had been in a golf cart accident. And, you know, at the time I was told that Luke had broken his nose. I didn't even believe the person on the other end at first how bad it was or, you know, really what had happened to him. And so first thing I saw was an ambulance just taking off and the helicopter hovering above. I ran towards the ambulance and the fireman told me, just go right to the hospital. And all I remember was, was asking him, how bad is it? And he just said, just get to the hospital. At that point, spoke to my wife on the phone. We ended up at University Medical Center, UMC in, uh, in Lubbock. A couple of minutes after we arrived at the hospital, I noticed there was chaos in the ER. We were kind of whisked away into a room where this individual, I don't know if he was a doctor, he said to me that Luke had been in cardiac arrest for seven minutes, that the golf cart actually had landed on top of Luke. And what was going through your mind at that point as you tried to grasp an understanding of Luke's new reality? Well, I don't know if I was naive or if I was if I was just confident that somehow, some way, everything was going to be okay. But my wife is a nurse practitioner. When she first heard that Luke was in cardiac arrest, I could sense, obviously, that she knew it was much more severe. You know, we, we just thought it was a traumatic brain injury, but it was an anoxic injury where he had lost oxygen for quite some time. And I guess for me, the first few hours, it was more of shock. It was more of this, this cannot be happening to my son. I just remember sitting outside of his room, looking at him and, and, and just so many different thoughts going through my mind, listening to doctors. But I could tell, obviously, very quickly that, that it was very severe, that what we found out later was that the first three days were critical. We didn't know if, if Luke was going to make it. We had three brain surgeries all within a few hours. That night, I asked the doctor what he thought, and he said, I don't know if Luke is brain dead. And it wasn't until the next afternoon when a doctor came in the room and asked me if Luke loved music. And I said, next to sports, music is his favorite passion. And he said, do you mind if I play the ukulele? And when he did, uh, that was the first time that we saw brain activity on the monitor. But, you know, I also knew, though, that Although there was brain activity, okay, what exactly did that mean? Um, and what was going to happen to Luke in the future? And so I didn't really know exactly at that time how bad things really were. 
you know, we just didn't know if Luke was going to be able to handle rehab. Would you tell us a little bit more about what Luke was like before the accident? Luke was a unique child um, at age six, seven, and eight. He was an extremely hard worker, uh, loved to practice, loved to compete. And I think his work ethic as a little athlete, baseball player, uh, I think has carried him uh, and made improvements because of his fight and, his, and the determination that he learned as a young child. Um, I was always impressed with how hard he wanted to practice. And, and, uh, and maybe some of that was, was his watching me as a coach and knowing what I expect of my players and what I demand of my players. So once you've received Luke's full diagnosis and prognosis, it's kind of like the doctors have just dropped a bomb on you, I imagine. And they just leave you and your family to process and try and figure out what's next. You know, I struggled getting back on the Texas Tech campus. Uh, that was life before the accident. So I didn't really, I just couldn't be who I was. I didn't want to be around anyone. I, I didn't want to listen to anyone. I didn't want to be near anybody, which is far from who I used to be. And um, things sort of changed August of that year. So that was 13 months after the accident. I was asked to speak where I had turned down a number of speaking engagements because I wasn't ready. But I had asked to, was asked to speak at my, my girls' middle school. And um, that night I'd come up with what I now call five inspirations from Luke. And I've given this talk to thousands and thousands of elementary all the way up to college teams, to businesses all over. Those five inspirations from Luke I came up with, and they're, number one is to find your passion. I talked about how I lost my passion. Number two was to never quit. Number three was to lean on friends, family, counselors, coaches. Four was to make good choices, be careful, and five was have faith. Those are all such important lessons. How would you say that Luke has surprised you through this process? And how has your journey led you into starting your foundation? Well, that's a, a tough question because five year, July 28th will be five years. And I guess part of me was more optimistic that he would be farther along today than he actually is. But others will tell you that he's farther along than, than they would have expected. Certainly doctors. Um, our form of communication is simply, it started out as blink your eyes if. And I wasn't sure if that was really Luke or if that he just needed to blink his eyes. But then we went to move your tongue if. And that would not always happen, but sometimes. And it, it started with Luke, do you think the Saints are going to win this Sunday? Okay. And he would move his tongue. And move your tongue if, if you want to hear Ed Sheeran. He might move his mm -hmm. tongue. And so, you know, that was our form of communication. But I know 100% certainty that Luke is in there, uh, that Luke is trapped inside his body, but he, he understands. And when I know that the most is when, I'm, when Luke is agitated, I'm holding Luke like a baby in a recliner and he becomes calm. And he looks at me and his eyes are open and I know he understands. Um, the, the hardest part for me, well, that's actually, I mean, there's about 50 that are tied for first for hardest mm -hmm. part. But 
one thing that really is just so hard for me to accept or is a, what is his quality of life going to be moving forward? B, how is he really dealing with this? Is he so upset? Is he so angry? Is he so frustrated? And those things torment me and, and they overwhelm me at times. But um, I think what's, what has happened through all of this is that, you know, I used to hate Facebook and, and at times I still do, but I also know without Facebook, we wouldn't have the thousands and thousands of people that follow us that read my posts. And when I, when I'm in Lubbock, there's not a day that goes by without someone coming up to me and telling me how much they appreciate uh, my relationship with Luke or that they've changed the way they parent or how much Luke has inspired them. And so those few moments kind of lift me up a little bit. And certainly what changed my life after the accident was when someone asked me if I would consider starting a foundation. And at the time I thought I have no energy and I thought there was no chance that I could, I could actually pull that off. But so January of 2017, I started the Team Luke Foundation and, uh, you know, didn't really know the first thing about foundations, but I knew I wanted to help others. And so um, I got out of the coaching and six months later, I got a phone call from a woman named Rhonda Johnson from Austin who had a foundation called Hope for Minds. And um, she was calling me sort of to, to see if I needed any help financially or, or whatever. And I told her, you know, I have a nonprofit, but let me come to Austin. I drove to Austin the next day. And in the middle of our meeting, we realized let's, let's merge. So six months later, it took that long. So January of 2018, we began the Team Luke Hope for Minds nonprofit, which supports children after brain injury. And uh, I guess I look at it like, you know, my wife is my life. And Rhonda sort of saved my life. Because now I have a new purpose, a new passion, a new calling, a new responsibility, and that is to help others. And, and over the last two plus years, we have given out over half a million dollars to families in 23 different states. We help financially uh, through education. We offer support groups, counseling, uh, a lot of different things. So what happens is when someone has an accident, we've had three applicants already this week, near fatal drownings, car accidents, and they'll contact Rhonda, fill out an application, and then I speak to the families. And, and what is powerful, and it changes every day, but it's when I talk to a family or a mom or a dad and give them hope, I'm really also giving myself hope. And, and really hope has become a new word that I used to hope that, that the Saints would win or that Texas Tech would win. And now I hope that I can help others and that Luke will get better. So that's kind of how it all started and, and what we've been doing over the last couple of years. That's amazing. Can you speak more about the work of Team Luke Hope for Minds and offer any advice to families who may be entering into caring for a loved one who has a traumatic brain injury or another illness? Well, the very first thing I knew is that there's no blueprint for how to best take care of uh, moving forward, therapies, you name it. There's no blueprint on, on what to do for a child when you leave the hospital, you're kind of on your own. And um, thank goodness that my, my wife understands the medical world. But even for us, there's so much that we don't know. And I think that's really 
what I explain and express to parents is that doctors, the best neurologists, neurosurgeons in the world don't really know how much the brain can heal. And, and certainly we've done a number of alternative medicines from hyperbaric oxygen to stem cells, acupuncture, CBD, you name it, we've tried it all. And I do know that the brain can and does heal. And what I've also learned is that there's a combination of things that make or that helps your child improve. Number one, and really this is one, two, and three, and that is the love that the family and the parents give to the child, that the child knows that, that they're there, that hopefully that the parents um, don't just leave their child with a nurse full time, that they use their child to get upright, to um, not just sit in a bed or lay in a bed or in their chair, their wheelchair. So that's number one, love. Number two is simply to um, go through therapies as much as possible. And because therapies help, therapies work, ther therapies are important uh, to get the blood flowing, to, to be upright, to being pushed. And I think part of me is certainly the, the coach in me is still here. Uh, I, I think that in some ways, um, by being a former pro tennis player and a former coach, that I don't coach Texas Tech anymore, but I coach Team Luke. And I, I push Luke. I know he needs his sleep and his rest, but he's also going to be pushed. And, and I think that's important, that, that you really find how much your child can take and, and do whatever you can to try to improve. And then the third one is simply to have faith, really, and to, to never give up hope that every single day, I'm reminded that this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I look at it differently. I look at it as it's a new sprint every day. When I wake up, it starts over, and it's a slightly different day than yesterday. Um, I'm hoping for better results. Don't know if I'm going to get them. How have you personally felt supported by your local community as well as the wider reaching community of your foundation? I didn't realize how much support I had in the community until we got back. We've had so many news stories. Maybe some people are tired of them, but, but we've had newspaper, radio, TV. Luke is, in a lot of people's eyes, a hero to so many. When I walk around and, hey, are you Luke's dad? Or... Uh, if I'm in the store with Luke and someone says, oh my God, is this Luke? Uh, he has really inspired so many people. And, and this community of Lubbock, Texas, uh, we're known as one of the friendliest, if not the friendliest town in the, in the country. And we really are. Uh, it, it, this, this place has been incredible from the medical community to the sports community to certainly the Texas Tech community. All of the Texas Tech coaches have followed our story and keep in touch. But a few days after the accident, I reached out to the New Orleans Saints. Luke and I had a pact that we were going to go see the Saints play every year for the rest of our lives. And we made it to three of them. 2015, we missed. But starting in 16, um, we went to a game in 16, 17, 18, and 19, including two playoff games. We went to six games. And in 2016, Drew came over, talked to us at practice, told Luke he would throw him a ball one day. Uh, the very next year, he threw a ball to Luke's friend in the end zone at practice, handed it to Luke, and told Luke that if they beat the Bears the next day, he would give Luke the game ball. That game ball is sitting in Luke's room now. Um, Drew Brees, maybe more than anyone, 
Drew was Luke's hero. And uh, I always taught Luke to love the athletes that, that are not just great players, they're great people, and they work hard, they have great work ethic. Um, and Drew fits that in every way and then some. Um, what he has meant to us, I, I can't even describe. He wrote the forward to my book. He came to Lubbock to do an event to raise money for us. But now Luke is um, everybody in New Orleans. All the Saints know him. And uh, from Michael Thomas to Coach Payton, they, they all know who Luke is. And uh, that's special for sure. Elvis Andrews of the Texas Rangers is Luke's favorite baseball player. He visited Luke in the hospital. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, of course, of Texas Tech and now of the Kansas City Chiefs. He, is, he wore Luke's, he wore Team Luke Culver Mines on his cleats last year. And then he has never played a football game without wearing the Team Luke Culver Mines bracelet which you could see when he was playing in the Super Bowl. I can go on and on from Andre Agassi, Andy Roddick, John Isner. The tennis world has been incredible, raising money, coming to events. Dick Vitale came to an event last year. We had Demario Davis, the Saints, was planning to come to do an event for us. Uh, so, you know, the sports world has really been there for us so that we can spread awareness because brain injuries among children is far more prevalent than people would realize. We've helped children with brain injuries from car accidents, near fatal drownings, accidents at home, uh, golf cart accidents like Luke's. Uh, in July, every month, excuse me, every year in July in Lubbock, it's Golf Cart Safety Awareness Month. And uh, we ask people to wear green, which is brain injury awareness color, or, or Team Luke Hope for Minds clothing. We've done a lot in the community and, 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 and nationwide, but we want to continue to, to spread the word because our goal is for families to, when they, when they have an accident that's affecting the brain, they know to go to Team Luke Hope for Minds. And I'm really proud of what we've done, but we have so much more that we're going to do. I believe that. We're so grateful for the important work you're doing how can our listeners best connect with you and follow along with Luke's story? TeamLukeHopeForMinds.org is our website. And Team Luke Hope for Minds is also on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. And then Pray for Luke Siegel is our Facebook page. And then Luke.Siegel is Instagram. And I think I ask people to go to, to that because sometimes just by watching Luke in therapy may give someone a new frame of mind or a new um, inspiration, some added strength for that day, when maybe that day they've walked around kind of in a bad mood, think, feeling sorry for themselves. And then when they see Luke, maybe they have a different uh, frame of mind. Obviously, COVID is changing a lot of things this year, but I'm sure it's really affected the way that you guys have had to fundraise. So what has been the greatest need of your foundation since all of the public events have had to be scaled back or canceled for the year? We need financial support in every level from small business par partners, which are $250 for the year, or corporate partners, which are five or $10,000. Um, we're looking to add a social worker to our staff. We are... Uh, we have events where we, we probably raise uh, close to three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year on just events. Well, unfortunately, we just lost three hundred thousand dollars to events that didn't take place. So hopefully we'll have those at the end of the year. If you go to the website, um, you'll learn a lot about what we do and how we help others. And, and uh, there's an opportunity to donate. Uh, but we are 
so appreciative of, of the support that we've received all over the country. Tim, we are so thankful that you were able to be on the show today. Thank you for sharing Luke's story with us. Team Luke Hope for Minds is currently hosting a Christmas in July virtual fundraiser. Due to COVID-19, their work has been impacted in that almost all of their 2020 fundraising events have been canceled. To make a donation to Team Luke Hope for Minds, you can text JULY to 76278 or visit july.givesmart.com. Well, as always, guys, we are so grateful that you took time out of your day to come and listen to our show. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review so others can find us more easily. It really means a lot to us and it helps us get the word out. Yes, and we're always looking for new stories to share here on our show. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tell us their story by nominating them at our website, sportfuelslife.com. Thanks for listening. 